0: the mysterious, mist-and-shrouded mountaintop fortress that is X&Y Communications Headquarters, you're listening to X&Y on the Fly, the dating podcast, with your hosts, Scott and Emily.
1: Hey everybody, welcome again to yet another episode of The Big Show. As always, I'm your host, Scott McKay.
2: And I'm Emily McKay.
1: And today we have, well, a pretty controversial topic for you, and an exciting one, one we've never done.
2: No, we haven't. Matter of fact, we're talking about what is considered normal and if it's even beneficial.
1: In the context of dating, relationships, and any interaction between men and women, frankly.
2: I know, with all the different things happening in the world, the question is what is normal and is it okay?
1: Well, you know, normal is going to be a subjective term for a lot of people out there.
2: But there has to be some things that are pretty
1: standard, don't you think? Well, I would think so. Let's talk about some of those. First of all, You know, before we even get into that, here's something to throw on the table. We're talking about normal being standard or what's typical. Is that necessarily beneficial or even what's best in the context of a relationship? I mean, sometimes what people consider normal between men and women is we don't understand each other. We don't even like each other. And we get into a relationship and we're unhappy and miserable for 50 years till death do us part.
2: (laughs) You know, I was just thinking when you said that. Years ago, normal was getting married, having a two-story house with a two-car garage. No, that's not the normal that I think a lot of us are striving for today.
1: Well, then what is?
2: Well, let's find out. Let's dig in.
1: All right. So I guess you're already jumping into the relationship-minded stuff.
2: Of course.
1: Right. Two, cars, cars. Three bedrooms, two and a half baths. and Two and a half kids. Two and a half kids, right, and a dog and a half. It's <laughs> all we can afford at that point. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's the American dream, right? And it is considered standard and therefore normal. So if we're going to talk about things that are normal between men and women and in relationships, I guess the first thing we should talk about is our feelings towards each other. Emily, a lot of men and women don't even like each other. A lot of couples we've met before don't even like each other. And yet, you and I adore each other. We know other couples who adore each other. And I'm not sure there are more of us than there are people who are miserable in a relationship to the point where we could call either our situation or theirs, quote unquote, normal, right?
2: Well, yeah, if they're more common, that would make us not normal.
1: Yeah, that's already throwing a wrench in the works, right? Well,
2: if that's the case, I'd rather not be normal. (laughs)
1: Yeah, right. If being abnormal is wrong, I don't want to be right. (laughs) But I think that's something we really should address here is this whole concept that what's normal as opposed to what's unusual isn't necessarily something people really wanted to happen or what is the best outcome possible. That sounds a lot like settling to me. Why do people think that it's normal to settle? For example, okay, I get married, I get buried. You know, I have a big uh, bachelor party, bachelorette party before I get married because God knows my life is over as soon as I say I do. All my adventure stops. God help us all when we have kids. Normal is going to equal boring at that point. What's up with that?
2: Well, that would be a different perspective, because everyone has a different idea, a different viewpoint, different desires. So your normal is not somebody else's normal.
1: Yeah, I agree. And different people can have different ideas, and normal is as normal does, right? Or normal is as normal thinks. But I've heard so many people talking about how the whole idea of having sexual attraction, or even, dare I say, chemistry, at the front end of a relationship is not normal in the sense that it leads to anything healthy. However, you also hear these people talking about, oh, you can learn to love someone. Now, most of the time when I hear something like that, it's someone talking about their arranged marriage between their auntie and their uncles or whatever happened there in their culture. But a lot of people think, all right, well, it's time for me to get married. And here's someone I can actually get along with. And, you know, I don't find them too sexually attractive. Matter of fact, I don't even really have any urge to make out with them. But they should be my wife or they should be my husband.
2: That's right. It's time. It's time for me to settle down, get married, have the typical dream that everybody wants for me. And
1: we've seen this happen so many times. Having somebody is better than nobody. That's normal. Or is it?
2: Well, I would say it's not, because you should strive for what is the best life for yourself. That should be the normal.
1: Yeah, you would think that would be the norm, that people would want to be happy, people would want to, you know, go for the gold ring. But they don't. So it's kind of an oxymoron to even call something normal when it's, well, frankly, getting more and more rare in society.
2: Well, normal is now viewed as you get married, you get divorced, you get married, you get divorced. Or altogether, just don't get married to avoid it.
1: And going along with that, getting married means this is my chance to have somebody else give me what I want. Ouch. Yes. Like, you know, people are very selfishly minded going into a relationship. I need this relationship. This is my vehicle in this life to get what I want. Well, what about the other person? They're thinking the same thing. And that's like the new normal nowadays. You're Never right. used to be that way.
2: That's right. The meism nowadays is very normal.
1: Right. It's all about me, and this relationship isn't really about us. It's about you helping me get what I want, and vice versa. So then it becomes adversarial. Uh, You know, I mean, people would call it transactional. I think that's euphemistic because it becomes adversarial. Couples start not even liking each other, like we talked about before.
2: So, what is a healthy normal? What should we strive for when it comes to normal? What should we expect to be normal?
1: Well, you tell me. First of all, let's start with behavior. How do happy <laughs> couples who are behaving normally act? Or did I load that question too much by assuming the happiness?
2: Let's assume that they are happy. They've done everything right, and they're striving and trying to do everything to make each other happy. I think making each other happy should be the first norm.
1: Yeah, that should be normal. I think being honest with each other, maybe not being brutally honest with each other, like I think you look terrible, and I'm sick of your face, <laughs> or... You know, I saw a girl at the grocery store and kind of thought she was cute, and now I have to come home full disclosure. I mean, I think that's overboard, radical honesty. I don't know if that's normal in a relationship. But not keeping dark secrets and cheating on people and having a drug habit or hiding where the money's going, none of that would be normal. That would be dysfunctional.
2: I would think so. But yet, brings another point is, you know, you talk about having uh, hidden money. A lot of people think it's normal to have separate bank accounts.
1: Well, is that normal?
2: Well, it depends if you are wanting a relationship together as a team or if you want to live independently of each other. You're kind of being roommates in that case.
1: Ah, so there's two different brands of normalcy there.
2: Well, yeah. And it also, when you have two different bank accounts, it lends itself to making it way too easy to have affairs.
1: Well, perhaps that's true, but it brings us back to the original question, which remains unanswered. Is it normal to have separate bank accounts, or is it normal to have a combined treasury for the family? Or can they both be normal depending on how the couple decides?
2: Well, that's a good question. I think in today's society, that is the norm. A lot of people are doing that. They are doing separate bank accounts. That is normal. I I still say having a bank account together as a team is healthy.
1: Well, it's healthy, but is it normal? Probably not. Okay, well, then that's really interesting. What about other behaviors? (laughs) Like what? Oh, I don't know. Is it normal behavior to be happy and play nice all the time? Oh. Or is it normal behavior to be at each other's throats and insult each other all the time? Or is something more normal a happy medium between those two? And Where would the boundaries be between normal and not so normal?
2: I think in between is normal. I mean, we've seen the families, we've seen the couples who have been on the extremes of both sides.
1: Ah, you know, before you move on, the extremes would be the deviation from the norm. Yes, exactly. Anything extreme in any aspect of what we talk about today is not going to be normal. Right. You're onto something.
2: Yes, yes. Well, we've seen the couples who get along way too nice all the time, nonstop, and you know, that's a couple that never talks. (laughs) And then we've seen the couples that argue and fight and have no respect for each other. And that's just abusive and destructive. So somewhere in the middle is very common and I think it's very normal.
1: Yeah, the example that comes to mind would be like what we've seen in movies before where the couple can't stand each other. And they're sitting across the table from each other. And the dad goes, Timmy, tell your mom to pass me the mashed potatoes, right? Yeah, because they won't talk to each other. Right. Yeah, we've seen that in several movies. That's like a shop-worn you know, comedy gag. Well,
2: that's because hopefully that's not normal and no one does it, not in real life at least.
1: But everybody can understand where that would come from and where it's going.
2: Well, I think we've all felt that way before when we're angry, like, you know what? I'm not talking to you.
1: (laughs) Right, and we've talked about the silent treatment before. It's normal maybe to feel that way or not have anything to say or just need a break or want to shut the other person off. But it's not normal to have a loveless, sexless marriage Where the connection just got absolutely trodden underfoot and never came back.
2: Where that would be the normal everyday life for them.
1: Right. How awful. That would be extreme, see? Yes. Yeah, right. So you talked about the couples that are all shiny and happy in real life. Is it normal to be shinier and happier in public than you are back at home behind closed doors? Absolutely. I think so. I think it is normal. Yeah.
2: I I mean, everyone wants to present their best foot forward. No one wants to put out their their personal trash out there for everyone to see.
1: Their dirty laundry, right? Exactly. Yes, yes. You know, it reminds me, I was told once back when I was a teenager by a mentor who I trusted and respected that, hey, you know what? Who you are around the people you're most comfortable with is who you really are. And I was like, oh, that can't be true. Because I knew I was a real piece of work when it came to dealing with my dad and my siblings, oh, no, the people you are around the most will show you how you really are. Now, in this family, I know there's some dirty laundry we wouldn't make public. There are certain things we do in this household that stay inside the household. But I don't think we're dramatically different with each other when we're out in public.
2: No, we're still the same. Yeah. We're still us.
1: Yeah. What you see is what you get. Even when y'all are listening to this podcast, that's kind of who we really are unless we're having a really bad day. you know.
2: Now, is that normal? Because I've had this conversation many times with others, where being yourself and being honest, and what you see is what you get, most people don't see that as normal. Unless you're being fake, they don't feel comfortable around you.
1: Well, I think there's two kinds of people. I think there are people who love to be fake, and those people like each other. And then there are people who are very blunt and honest, and what you see is what you get. And those people tend to really value each other's company. So again, that's kind of a split perspective into what normalcy would look like. Complicated word, this word, normal, isn't it?
2: I know, right? Because normal is different for everybody.
1: Yeah, you know, so another point we can make here is what kind of lifestyle do you live as a couple when you're normal? I think a lot of people think, all right, well, I go to work, I come home, we have sex once a week. We watch TV, take care of the kids, and we live a pretty mundane life because we're married now. We're in a relationship. Other people are like, well, you know, you don't have to be boring. You can go out and do some adventures. You can travel. You can live in an RV. You can world school your kids like we've been known to do. And other people are like, oh, my goodness, Irma Gerd, you can't, like, strap a crash helmet onto your kids and take them and do extreme sports like BMX because, my goodness, that would be abusive. So, I mean, normal to some people, is relegated to boredom, right?
2: Well, you know, that would not be normal. But then again, that's when you are not trying to become normal. Going out and adventures and doing things that most people wouldn't do, that's kind of fun, and I'd rather not be normal in that way. I take a lot of pride in that.
1: Yeah, I think it's not normal in developing countries either. I think this nice, comfortable, sanitary lifestyle where we're all nice and neatly insulated is not normal In the rest of the world, or much of the rest of the world, and I think it's only become normal probably within the last 80 to 100 years for anybody.
2: Where water is safe to drink or not safe to drink.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, tap water, I mean, who knew, right? That was not normal to drink water without boiling it anywhere else in the world until relatively recently in history. Yeah, the thing here for listeners that we kind of want to pass on is challenge these ideas. Challenge anything you've always been told is normal or just because you see so many other couples behaving this way or doing these things or having this particular mindset doesn't mean you have to also. Normal can come in all kinds of shapes and varieties and depends very much on the couple involved and how they choose to live their life together.
2: What we're trying to strive for is what is the best lifestyle for us and make that our normal, our everyday normal.
1: Yeah. Another direction we could go with this conversation is jealousy. I mean, we've done entire podcasts on this before, but some couples think like, well, if my spouse, my partner isn't jealous of me at all, then they probably don't love me and they're ready to leave. Other people are like, well, my goodness, what an albatross to carry around your neck all the time. I don't need that kind of guilt and shame and dissent in my relationship.
2: Another type of thing that's considered normal by a lot of people is if they're not experiencing drama at that point in time in their life, they don't feel normal either.
1: Yeah, right. If everything's on an even keel and things are going well, well, something has to be destroyed. Some type of drama has to happen. And if the shoe doesn't drop by the time I expect it to, well, I'm going to force the issue. I don't think that's normal, Emily.
2: That's not normal. But to that individual, that is normal and that's broken.
1: Well... This is the point in the conversation where we assert the truth, the reality that what we experienced growing up, what it was like in our household, the example we were given is what gets imprinted as normal in our imagination.
0: And a lot of people
1: carry that into their own relationships, but it may not be normal on a broader scale. For a lot of other people, dude, that's pretty messed up. And yet, you're bringing that into a relationship like it's what everybody experiences because it's what I experienced. Meanwhile, there's someone else in this relationship.
2: Who has a whole different background. You bet. Exactly. We are usually like our parents. We're going to repeat our parents' mistakes because we think that's normal. And understanding that is so important if we want a healthy relationship moving forward. This is why so many people are in broken relationships because... They've seen this happen with their parents and where they've gotten together and separated and gotten together and separated and gone through multiple step-parents.
1: Yeah, ironically, the truth there might be it's not normal to break that pattern and do better or do differently or, God forbid, be influenced by your spouse's views rather than simply your own. This is why people who have had dysfunctional families in their upbringing or in their past somewhere often frustrates the living bejeebers out of their new spouse who grew up in a happy home. It's like, where is this even coming from? And it's like, I didn't understand how this can be normal to you. I'm never going to understand how this can be normal to you. Clearly, my brand of normalcy, which is the real brand of normalcy in that person's eyes, is the only way to go. I don't even see how we had anything to fix here because my example was a good one. And yet you're still trying to wallow in that old example and bring that to the party here. And no one's having it, except you.
2: And this is where bad habits that destroy relationships happen. Whether mom or dad had bad personality conflicts that kept destroying the relationship. And we've tacked on that personality to ourselves. And we are doing the exact same thing to our relationship.
1: Yeah, it seems so deep. And a lot of people, I'm sure, listening to this going, really? And my only response is, really? Oh, this is huge. This is a huge issue because if you think about it, Emily, everybody becomes one half of a couple with a story of their own, with a past of their own, with a psychology of their own, and with habits of their own, right? And imagine two people who are coming out of broken relationships in their second marriage or out there dating again. There's going to be even more baggage there because then your idea of normal has been royally rocked to the core. I mean, if it were normal, you'd still be married to this other person. Yeah, you know, here's a spoiler alert. If you think divorce is normal, we're probably not the podcast for you or the dating coach for you. You know, you go continue that pattern of getting into the same bad relationship and having it break up again. If you're happy with that and that's normal between you and your train of significant others, we're not feeling you. We don't understand that one. So in our minds, that would not be considered normal per the terms of this conversation.
2: That's right. The healthy normal would be finding a relationship with true love and genuine consideration and respect and growing that together and adjusting what we perceive to be normal, but we're broken and grow something great together.
1: Well, you know, what you're bringing up here is the point that if there's a design to how men and women are supposed to interact, how they're supposed to be in partnership instead of being adversarial towards each other. That would be normal if it's intelligent design. Now, of course, that would demand some sort of faith in that concept. Yeah. But I think if you look at how men and women are, masculinity, femininity, uh, raising children to be productive members of society, having a mom and a dad in the home, uh, some would argue that the modern family unit isn't even normal. The extended family, all in one house, or having a village raise the child, et cetera, would be normal. But one thing I know, is that men and women are supposed to be in partnership and we're supposed to treat our kids with love and care and nurture them to adulthood to be productive members of society who don't hurt anybody. I am hard-pressed to think of anything I just recited over the last 30 seconds as anything other than quote-unquote normal by definition.
2: Correct. I mean, not everything ends up the way we want it to, but to strive for that is so much better than looking for something broken,
1: Yeah, exactly. And to that point, I've actually heard other dating coaches, Emily, say that couples fighting is actually normal. You should fight more. It'd be a good idea.
2: Well, I don't know about fighting, maybe disagreeing and arguing and talking about stuff, but actual fighting, like verbal abuse or physical abuse is totally off the table.
1: Yeah. You see, I have a problem with the semantics of using the word fighting too. You and I are on the same page there. I have a problem with couples who agree with each other all the time about everything. Yes, right. I think you're that's, right. that's abnormal because <laughs> I think someone's in control there abusively, and the I, other person's the yes person.
2: I agree, 100%. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, you're right. You know, the opposite to arguing or fighting would be always getting along. To do that, someone's always going to have to give in.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are going to be times you want something for dinner and I don't want it, or you want to buy something and I don't want any part of it. And as much as you and I are soulmates, quote unquote, and we complete each other's sentences on cute podcasts like this, and we generally are cut out of the same cloth and agree on most basic matters, well, all basic matters that revolve around central compatibility like faith and who you vote for and how you spend money and where you go on vacation, how to raise kids, blah, blah, blah. You know, We're all on the same page on that.
2: But we still have areas where we disagree and And we tell each other, hey, this is what I think. And we have discussions about it.
1: Right. And I may not be in the mood for this. And you may not be in the mood for that. And yet, if someone is always giving into the other person no matter what, I don't see that as healthy or normal. I see that as manipulative and abusive.
2: And that's very sad, especially for the person who is never getting what they want.
1: Well, yeah, right. Exactly. And for us, in our family, normal is, you got a problem. Let's hear it but you don't ever insult each other. You don't ever show disdain or let alone hatred towards the other person. And we've seen other families out in public just spewing hate at each other. And even our kids will look at each other like mom and dad, they're not normal, but that family doesn't give it a second thought. They're thinking, oh, everybody else must be like this. You kids just behave and calm down. And they're just calling each other names and like walloping upon each other and <laughs> it's just insane
2: well the other day i was at a uh, i was at an event and i saw this couple arguing and i'm you know like in the vicinity of them i'm like probably three feet from them and i had to like quietly leave because it was so uncomfortable it was so not healthy
1: yeah publicly embarrassing each other as yes, a couple in public publicly creating a scene, hey, you know what? Here's how I can tell you forthright and straight up, that's not normal. Because otherwise you'd see a whole lot more of it. It's still relatively rare. If you're out there and you're a couple and you're making a scene and getting into arguments, look around you, read the room. Nobody else is. I mean, even at Walmart at like two o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, you know, that's where it's most likely to look like a Jerry Springer show than anywhere else on earth. It's not. You know, I can't remember the last time I saw a couple publicly humiliating each other. You said you just saw it recently?
2: I, I did. It was yeah. a kid's birthday party, and the couple were really at
1: it. Wow, that's brutal. I mean, at home, behind closed doors, you could argue the quote-unquote normalcy of acting like that in front of the kids, but I don't think it's quote-unquote normal for couples to verbally assault each other.
2: No, no. It was... Everyone around them, including myself, was very embarrassed over the situation.
1: Yeah. What I would talk about as normal in this context is, well, it harks back to what we were talking about in terms of avoiding extremes, right?
2: Oh, yes. That's true.
1: I'm not just your yes person, but we're not going around throwing plates at each other and you know drawing firearms on each other in public. In the middle is, I'm cranky. I had a bad day. Something... Caused me to get up on the wrong side of the bed today and it's my turn to be cranky and you can kind of chirp back at me if you want but don't take it too far or it'll get ugly and we know <laughs> where our boundaries are and we don't get in each other's way to me that's the sign of a trust relationship
2: so is slamming a door normal
1: <laughs> Maybe we've not. had a smattering of door slamming in this house but you have to get to that point <laughs> yes I think it's normal to push each other's hot buttons past the verge on rare occasions.
2: Although I don't think you've ever done that before.
1: Oh, yeah, I have. Slam a door? I don't know if I've slammed the door, but there have been doors slammed in this house. <laughs> yes. I know I've gotten heavy-handed with stuff, you know, objects, not, you know, harming people. We haven't ever physically assaulted anybody in this house. and no. I don't think we ever will. I'm sure we never will. We're not those kind of people, but- Uh, You know, I'm one of those guys, for those of you listening, who when I raise my voice and I get to screaming and yelling, people know it's happening for a reason. Something got bottled up there and I've had enough. You pushed me and now it's time to sit down and shut up.
2: Which isn't normal because we don't see that very much.
1: Well, I don't have a temper like I used to when I was younger. I mean, I'm Scottish-Irish, so I mean, I have it in me, but... I don't have the temper I used to have. I don't go blowing off. I don't explode like a warm Diet Coke. I'm measured. And if that's not being heard or that's not being responded to appropriately and something needs to happen around here that just isn't going to happen until I start yelling, well, then that's when I break the glass in case of the proverbial emergency. And that's when I start yelling. You're the same way.
2: Oh, yes. Well, yeah. you know, having your moments where you get, we've had too much, been fed up, that's normal. How often that happens, that should not be normal. So you don't do that. It's rare that that ever happens.
1: Yeah. And I think that's normal, right? Equality in a relationship, you know, the man is the one who's the breadwinner and the woman is the one who keeps house and the man is in charge and the woman is subservient. Nowadays there's a lot more talk about equality in a relationship. But see, I think a man and a woman can have equal standing in a relationship and that be perfectly normal, but the man can still be the man and the woman can still be the woman.
2: Absolutely, whether she makes more money or he makes more money and they share in the duties of the household, it's teamwork. So it really doesn't matter as long as you both are pitching in and doing your part together.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that.
2: I know, right? Right. I mean, things have changed since the 50s.
1: Right. Yeah, you know, in this household I like to cook dinner. You still do all the laundry?
2: I do. I don't let anyone touch my laundry.
1: Right, exactly. That's just your thing. That's my
2: rule. <laughs> you love to touch it. I'm like, no.
1: Being handy around the house You fix as many things as I do. I you like to do that.
2: I do. I'm very proud of it. Exactly.
1: Uh the kids have their chores. They know what they're supposed to do. And when they don't do it, they hear from us. Usually we don't have to chirp too loudly. Right. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh cars, bicycles, techie stuff like that. That's you. I usually take care of that. And you have a whole host of other things you usually take care of. You're basically the main homeschool teacher. You deal with the pets a lot more than I do.
2: Oh, goodness. Oh, yes. Definitely doing pets.
1: Yeah. And so it comes out pretty equal.
2: It does. Yeah, It works out great. All
1: right. Here's the last one we have to cover. Sexuality in a relationship. Okay. What's normal and what's abnormal?
2: Wow. That's a whole podcast in itself. But for the sake of time, we'll just cover the basics.
1: All right. First of all, how much sex should a married couple have? If you've been dating for A certain amount of time, you'll have how much sex? And if you've been dating a little longer than that, what happens?
2: Well, first of all, let's cover what is normal, the general rule of what most people experience. And it's cliche. So you meet, you're excited, you're hot, you're horny, and you're having a lot of it in the beginning.
1: Which we did.
2: (laughs) Over time, years, decades, whatever, things kind of wane. Hormones change, things like that. But in reality, sometimes... There's couples who will experience different things that might happen. Either the woman or the man will experience some extreme hormonal differences or changes, I should say, that are extreme and the libido is gone.
1: And extremes aren't quote unquote normal.
2: Right. But it happens more often than you would think.
1: All right. Well, I remember I had a human sexuality class in college. And there we were, a bunch of sexually repressed Christian college students Ah, uh, you know, probably juniors in college. We were all about 20 years old. And this couple taught the class. And oddly, perhaps interestingly, they were an open book, even at a Christian liberal arts college. And so we could ask all sorts of things. The only thing we couldn't ask them about was their own sex life. And if you saw this couple, you wouldn't want to know anyway. Okay? <laughs> <Is that laughs> Just saying. That's like you
2: saying? don't want to know about your parents,
1: right? <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. And... Towards the beginning of the class, they started talking about exactly what we're talking about now, which is how much sex is "quote unquote" normal in a loving, committed relationship. And he took out the chalk and wrote on the board: A newlywed couple will have sex triweekly. You know, like three times three times a week. <laughs> yes. Oh
2: goodness gracious!
1: You're you're already way ahead of me. Right.
2: I right. let you finish. Go
1: for it. Right. The the boys and the girls in the room were kind of looking at each other up and down with like a raised eyebrow, going. That seems kind of like a paltry sex life for having just gotten <laughs> together, right? Oh, my goodness. Kind of trying to keep from laughing. You know, laughing. Yeah. I was going to say snickering, but it was like, bah, ha, ha. I remember we talked about that after class for hours. Mm. You know, just years, socially. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, I don't know about years, but it was a running joke for at least the rest of the day. And then the teacher continued. And, you know, when you've been married for a year or two, you try weekly. And again, we're looking at each other with wrinkled noses going, you got to be kidding. This is what I have to look forward to? (laughs) No
2: wonder you (laughs) you think it's death.
1: (laughs) We're all thinking, man, this is projection considering who's telling us what's going on here. And then, you know, when you're older and retired, you try weekly. W-E-A-K-L-Y. You can't really get it up or anything. Yes, right, right, right. So the whole thing was a play on words. And we kind of all kind of rolled our eyes and went, okay, so we've been played, right? Everybody knows like a newlywed couple is going to be like tried daily.
2: Yes, if not more.
1: Right. Then you try daily. Then comes the weekly part, I guess. But, you know, to keep things simple for the play on words he was attempting, that's where he went with it.
2: Okay. It was a joke then.
1: Well... Not really. He didn't play it off like it was a joke. He just <laughs> no, said, This oh, is an please. easy way to remember what the sexpectations should be, right?
2: <laughs> oh, goodness. So now I know what we're going to be talking about the rest of the day.
1: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, maybe we can try weekly later.
2: <laughs> At least it's not monthly.
1: <laughs> What's normal is you watch TV, cook dinners, have a few.
2: The Ropers. <laughs> They just came to mind. The Ropers.
1: From Three's Company? Yes. Yeah. And she, now, in their older middle-aged years, she was horny all the time. Yeah. And he was trying to, like, say he wasn't interested and didn't want anything. <laughs>
2: Aren't you glad your name's not Stanley?
1: Stanley, right, Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm also glad you're kind of hot. <laughs> that makes it a lot easier to say yes, you know. But, yeah, you know, you have these differences in sex drive as you get older. That's biologically normal. I mean, you can do something about it. I mean, the advancements medically are amazing. But above and beyond that, I mean, the stereotype is women will give you oral sex until you're married. And then they won't want to do it anymore. And that men are horny all the time until you get married. And then the conquest is over. They don't want to have sex anymore. Couples never have anal sex. And anything kinky, spanking, using role-playing, anything like that is probably for weird single people, not for established, responsible parental adults, right? And then you have the whole idea of polyamory and voyeurism and swinging and all of that, and it's really hard to sort out what normal looks like when you're talking about a sexual relationship. Is monogamy even normal anymore?
2: Mm, That's a good question because there's so many people who aren't nowadays, how many people have uh, cheated on each other is, what, 75 or 80% now?
1: I guess so. Yeah. I mean, one's hard-pressed to understand what the difference is between adultery and adulting. Sounds like they're synonymous.
2: They're very close, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, Shouldn't be. That should not be normal. No, no, no.
1: Well, I guess in the interest of time, I think this is where couples talk about what normal means to the two of them, and that's all that matters, I as know. long as you're not hurting anybody. Right?
2: That's right. And so two people who have these desires should find each other.
1: You know what? I think this is the mic drop. Ready? I don't think there's such thing as a normative, normal sex life as much as there is a normative slash normal way that's acceptable to talk about it in mixed company. That's what I think. I think we're hardwired to say, oh, yeah, married sex looks like this, this, and this. Everything else is a deviation or an extreme. But in reality, I bet you for every married couple, there's a different sex life if that's a healthy sex life. They just don't go around talking about it with everybody. Although y'all women do.
2: Well, sometimes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and that is, quote-unquote, normal. Exactly. And with that, it's time to send you all to our websites. Guys, if you're listening to this, please go to mountaintoppodcast.com, where you'll find lots of downloadable information. You'll be able to check out our sponsors, Origin and Maine, Hero Soap Company, and Keyport. I have lots of downloadable goodies. And when you go to scottandemily.com front slash podcasts, Whether you're a lady or a gentleman, you'll find free downloads, including how to go about breaking up with someone who isn't right for you and lots of other goodies there for you at scottandemily.com front slash podcast. And remember, I only have one T in Scott, which isn't normal.
2: No, but it's wonderful and it's
1: you. It's also one less keystroke and it's uh, also probably more popular in Scotland just not here. All right. And if you all would like to talk to us on the phone, we're here for you. Always won't cost you a dime. All you do is get on our calendar at either mountaintoppodcast.com or scottandemily.com front slash podcast and talk to us. We're here for you.
2: We enjoy hearing from you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And until we talk to you again next time from X and Y Communications in San Antonio, Texas, this is Scott McKay.
2: And this is Emily McKay.
1: Be good out there
2: and have fun.
0: You've been listening to the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast with Scott and Emily McKay. Copyright 2009 by the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be sure to listen to Scott and Emily's other podcasts, including The Chick Whisper, Dating Cast, and Online Dating Profile Rating, all found on iTunes or at x net media.com. Also, check out Scott and Emily on the web at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be good and have fun.